Hey, this is Mr. Anderson, Anderson, and you are listening to Two Out of Three Falls. Yeah, 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 what up? You know, it's uh, Peter Rosenberg, Hot 97, ESPN, WWE Network, Cheap Heat Podcast. Um, let's see what else. I got mad jobs out here, but right now, talking all things wrestling with my man Randy Cruz, the Cruise Control Podcast. Sit back and stay mage. You're listening to Cruise Control with Randy Cruz. This is the voice of the New World Order. N-W-O. And Neil Furman's secrets of WCW Nitro. Brand new two out of three falls podcast here on the Cruise Control Podcast Network. I'm joined by, as always, Graham Matthews from Bleacher Report. Uh, he's on Twitter at WrestleRant. Grandma man, how you doing? Doing great, Randy Cruz. I'm trying to find the Twitter handle here, but uh, <laughs> excited to be talking again. First time back in the state. I was going to say back in the states, but you were only in Florida, which is obviously part of the country. So exactly. we're already off to a poor start here. But it's on like Donkey Kong. <laughs> game is on point, and uh, yeah, ready to get going here. All right, man. Um, so I know we haven't done much of the the Roman Reigns, Paul Heyman stuff. I know we've been doing some old school basement stuff the last couple of weeks, but uh, we are back in the the nitty gritty. So we got Roman stuff. We got the the Bailey turning on Sasha, and we'll do some NXT AEW stuff in a minute. So I really want to get your opinion, your thoughts on the whole Roman turning heel thing with Paul Heyman. How's that going to work? How's it working so far? Did it catch you off guard? The fact that Rome, the, uh, the fact that the company would decide to turn Roman heel and, and kind of like just take it to, uh, with a grain of salt. The fact that it's not, it, it wasn't done in, in front of a live crowd, obviously in front of a live crowd, it would have been crazy, but just overall, what you're seeing a surprise, a shock that they pulled the trigger on turning Roman heel. Yeah, no, definitely. I've thoroughly been enjoying it. I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, it's been absolutely amazing. What a great success it's been because it's only been two weeks. I don't want to be that guy. But so far, I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, Obviously, long overdue. We've talked about it here on the show before as how, you know, dating back to five years ago when I first met you and we were doing shows talking about why Roman should have turned heel after the Rumble in 2015. We finally got it. We finally got it at SummerSlam. Didn't seem that way. I think we did a post-SummerSlam show. Um, I was one of those people that said, listen, it's not a heel turn until I see something along the lines of, hey, screw you people, blah, blah, blah. We haven't gotten that promo from Roman yet, but we have gotten alliance with Paul Heyman, which is the closest thing to a heel turn you could possibly get. And then, I know you didn't see it, but the main event of Payback, he came out halfway during the match and won the Universal Championship. So he's as much of a heel as he can be right now, it seems, without going off on the fans, which we will hopefully get at some point. Um, on paper, I didn't love the idea of Jay Uso getting the next title shot, but from a storyline standpoint, I mean, I guess it, it makes sense and it doesn't make sense because it doesn't make sense because we haven't seen this guy in months, which is one thing, but he's a legit has not won a singles match in WWE TV in maybe five to six years. Mm. So obviously he's no threat to Roman, but it's the perfect opportunity. It's not going to be a five-star classic. The match could be good, but it's an opportunity for Roman to go in there, beat the shit out of Jay Uso and right. make himself that much more of a heel. You know, I've always wanted this heel Roman Usos faction, and we may soon get, maybe not soon, but we may get that at some point down the road. Mm. Um, but the next best thing right now, the Usos will remain face while Jimmy is out injured. It's a good usage of uh, Jay Uso while he's still around, while he's not hurt, and uh, can get more heat on Roman. So I really like the experiment so far. He's come across great. 
the sight of him just standing there in the ring last Friday on SmackDown as Paul Heyman cut his promo, as Roman just had this dead, you know, cold, blank stare looking right into the camera with the championship around his shoulder. Um, a man of few words. I am hoping that we do get more of a promo from him going off on the audience for years of blaming him for for whatever, really, when he did nothing wrong. Right. I hope we get that at some point. But so far, so good. Paul, it, it can be a Paul Heyman CM Punk-esque dynamic where Punk was such a great talker. Obviously, he didn't have Heyman talking for him all the time, nor should he have. Roman, no CM Punk, but a very, very good talker in his own right. Much better than talker, in my opinion, than some people give him credit for. So okay. hopefully he will still talk um, as much as he was before because he always kind of came across like a heel anyway. Um, being a babyface doesn't just doesn't as doesn't come as naturally to Roman as it does being a heel. But again, so far so good and looking forward to seeing where they go with it from here. So were you surprised that one that they that they ended up turning Roman heel or the fact that he's now a Paul Heyman? Probably both. Um, I mean, in order to become a Paul Heyman guy, you have to be a heel. I mean, usually that's exactly. kind of the case. Um, I never thought we would see either, just because the Paul Heyman situation, that opportunity arose many, many times. Anytime that Brock feuded with Roman, I feel like me among many other people, many, many, many other people were speculating, oh, could this lead to a double turn? Brock gets... You know, turned on by Paul again, uh, gets portrayed by Paul Heyman again, and then uh, Paul Heyman joins forces with Roman because Paul has been very complimentary of Roman Reigns for the past five or six years. Right, he's a fan of Roman Reigns. He has the history with the Samoan dynasty there, so it would make sense, and it does make sense. But it would have made sense just as much sense four, five, six years ago. Mm-hmm. They didn't do it for their own selfish reasons, which is whatever. Um, but at a certain point. Probably by 2016, I would say, I, I, or maybe late 2015, I came to the realization they've had so many opportunities already to turn this guy heel. They haven't. They won't. Even after we beat the Undertaker streak, we thought, okay, he's going to get all this heat. He's going to be turned heel. They didn't do that either. Got the heat. Got the booze. Yep. Never went heel officially. So, um, very shocked to see it. I never thought it would happen. That's why I was so dismissive of the idea of um, Roman going heel on Friday SmackDown, or I'm sorry, it's SummerSlam a few weeks ago. Mm. People are like, oh, it's a heel turn. I'm like, what makes you think what we saw here was a heel turn? Because he's gone out there and attacked faces, heels, tweeners before, and right. the guy's never gone heel. So I feel like I shouldn't be blamed for being very dismissive of the idea initially, because they didn't really... Braun and Bray Wyatt are kind of both assholes right now, especially Braun Strowman. The exactly. Fiend has always, has always been a heel, so there really was no reason to think that he wasn't a baby face Roman Reigns that is so we got it and I'm very glad to see it so Roman and Paul together how look I know many fans would say oh this is just going to be Paul and Brock 2.0 kind of kind of shit like that but how mm-hmm. can Paul and Roman be sort of different like wh- what would they need to do different that's different from Paul Heyman and, and Brock Lesnar well I mean Roman's a better talker than Brock I think Brock he shouldn't never talk because Brock just isn't a great talker, but he should be used in short. Like whenever he does talk mm-hmm. and something because we don't hear him talk often. Roman is actually a very good talker. So right. I, what I don't want to say is Paul Heyman doing all the talking for Roman. Roman should be out there going off on his opponents, his um, you know supporters, whatever the, the fan base. 
That's what I want to see from this pairing. We kind of got a hint of that on SmackDown last week. He was like, oh, Jay, I didn't think you could win that four-way. Or, like, I don't think you're going to win tonight. You can never really win whenever it matters most, or at least on your own, blah, blah, blah. And I thought Jimmy would be, you know, a better fit for that spot or something like that. So um, we've seen hints of him just being an all-out douche, um, which is great. He actually tweeted something, I think after SummerSlam or right after the heel turn or whatever, where someone was like, oh, you're being shoved down her throats. And he's like, listen, I'm being shoved down your throat because you're keeping your mouth wide open or something like that. And I'm like, wow, this guy's going to be a great heel if he continues along this route. But, exactly. you know, they, they can make it different by having Roman do more than Brock. Obviously, he's on the show every week. Mm-hmm. That's an automatic plus. He'll defend the championship a lot more regularly than Brock, and he'll be talking a lot more than Brock. So it's definitely not Brock and Paul Heyman 2.0. It's definitely different in that respect, in my opinion. Because I know when we did the, um, I'm not sure if it was a full-blown SummerSlam preview, um, but I know when The Fiend won the belt and then Roman came back. And I think that's the last time we did this uh, this, this kind of show. Mm-hmm. So from that point on, you had Payback, Roman wins the belt. And we kind of said, well, you know, um, the triple threat match, Roman's involved now. The Fiend should keep the belt because he just won it last week. And I think it would be a, a, a mistake to have Roman come in and then win the belt, and that's it. But now with the heel, the quote-unquote heel turn, um, does it make that decision even easier for you, the fact that, all right, Roman won within a week, but now he's like a full-blown heel? Well, 100%. I mean, I said this um – I think we did a. I think we did do a post SummerSlam show. I'm almost positive. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just because I remember saying there was no way they're going to take the championship off a of break, keep Roman in chase mode, blah blah blah. But that was before we found out that Roman was a heel. Mm-hmm. After you do an angle like what they did on SmackDown two weeks ago with the show closing of that site of Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman, there's no way that you can't have Roman win on Sunday. And I right. love the Fiend, and it, it does suck that he had the championship taken from him. But yeah. you notice there's a lot less people complaining, and rightfully so. I mean, the ending of that match sucked. I don't know. I know you didn't really see it, but um, the match itself was not well executed at all. It wasn't really a triple threat. I understood what they were going for, and it, but it put more heat on the company, in my opinion, than Roman Reigns. So that was questionable. But anyway, um, there's no way that you could turn this guy heel after all these years and not put the championship on him. And Roman, we know, was bound to get the championship anyway. But coming off of that angle, you might as well put the belt on him right now. So I really don't have any issue with the Fiend already losing the championship. Yes, it's bullshit, but you know what? It's better than losing the belt to fucking Goldberg in 2020. So <laughs> that was way worse than what I saw payback, at least oh, in my opinion. Well, I know I, I, I was texting you. I said, hey, man, I miss payback. And he was like, well, you ain't missed much. <laughs> so, no, no, you didn't. So the show was fun. It was a glorified Raw. And I'm not saying it was a bad show. SummerSlam, I thought, was great. I really enjoyed SummerSlam. I thought it was a great show. Mm. Payback was not fucking necessary. And yeah, there were three title changes. I don't really give a shit about the whole women's tag team t- title stuff with Nia and Shane. I don't really care about that. Bobby <laughs> won. Um, obviously, Roman won in the main event. It was a decent show. The Mysterios had a great match with Rollins and Dominic, or I'm sorry, yeah. Rollins and Murphy. It wasn't a bad show if you tuned in. Mm-hmm. It was perfect at like two and a half hours, three hours in length. Perfect. Not like double or not double or nothing. All out on Saturday was like four or five hours, which is ridiculous. Um, I hate that shit, especially now with no like minimal fans. But anyway, the, the, to get off the comparing train for a second. Yeah. Um, yeah, payback was decent. You didn't miss anything. You don't need to go out of your way to watch anything. If you heard the results, read the results, that's all you really know. It's not a, it's not a three hours worth sitting through, mm-hmm. but it was far from the worst pay-per-view I've seen this year. 
so let's let's quickly fantasy book this. So Roman Reigns is a uh, universal champion. We are in September. Uh, if you were trying to draw it out, how long do you think Roman remains champion? And who are the 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 competitors that can take Roman down? Because I know most would say you think it's SmackDown. I, I think many would say Biggie could be the guy when it's all said and done. Like at a WrestleMania, could be the guy that could take Roman down or have the best uh, match with him. So, what do you think? No, I agree with that. I actually wrote a whole article um, last week for Bleacher Report, and it's it's amazing how quickly things change. Because I said in the article, you know, you should finish up the feud with Bray Wyatt, maybe have a go till Hell in the Cell or something, and then mm-hmm. Jay Uso of all people became the number one contender on SmackDown. So obviously that's not happening. Yeah, it's still good. It still could. Roman and Bray Wyatt. I think they actually moved the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view from November 1st, I heard, to October 25th, which is good. I, I don't like Hell in a Cell in September or November. That makes no sense. No. It's got to be in October. Um, and that day actually marks five years exactly from the 2015 installment when Roman faced Bray Wyatt inside Hell in a Cell. And they actually had a great match. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't, know, I don't know if he would have the same great match with The Fiend, who's a totally different character in the ring for the most part. Um, but at any rate, that's an idea. Maybe Jay Uso. I mean, there's no way the Roman Jay Uso feud lasts beyond the Clash of Champions. Roman wins. You move the fuck on. There's no reason to do a rematch unless it's like a DQ or some bullshit, which they shouldn't do. It's it's Jay Uso. Who cares? You move on. Right. Maybe they do the Fiend and Roman at Hell in the Cell. Roman wins there. Um, Survivor Series is the whole tri-branded brain warfare bullshit, which was entertaining last year, so I'm not saying that's going to be bad. As of right now, though, if they keep the belts on their respective champions, which they should, we're looking at Roman Reigns versus Drew McIntyre right now, and that sounds fucking sick. And they had a match, a couple of matches last year that weren't that great. Um, They were decent. They could have been better. I think with the current dynamic, McIntyre is the face. Roman is a heel. They could go in there and kill it. Roman probably wins. Um, you have Otis as Mr. Money in the Bank. That's an option. You're not going to have him cash in successfully, but he should face Otis on a SmackDown. Announce he's cashing in ahead of time. Otis loses after a decent match. <clears throat> Daniel Bryan's an option. Daniel Bryan's not around right now. Maybe he comes back. and uh, Going for the Intercontinental Championship would make more sense because that's where he was before he took time off. Mm-hmm. Um, beyond that, Brian and Roman again, almost five years removed from their last couple of matches in 2015. This okay. time with Roman as a full-fledged heel. That's an option. But at WrestleMania, what I put in the article was Big E. The, the two top names that come to mind for me are Big E and Matt Riddle. Big E seems to make more sense. Keith Lee would be amazing, but Keith Lee's on Raw unless they drop them to SmackDown, which is possible. Mm-hmm. Um, Keith Lee would be sick, too, given their you know history from last year. Right. Currently, though, Roman and Big E, I think, would be awesome. It gives me a lot of Daniel Bryan, Kofi Kingston vibes um, in the sense that Brian went heel upon winning the championship two years ago, held that championship for a number of months, had some great matches, was great in the heel role, um, but he held that championship to ultimately to put someone else over. Someone right. who could use it. Give someone the rub. And that person was Kofi Kingston. Big E. And they made a new star to Kofi with that title right now, although he hasn't held it since, but whatever. Um, Big E could be that star that they make with this Roman Reign heel run, uh, this Roman Reigns title run. Mm-hmm. I don't want to see him hold the championship and be like, oh, lose it to fucking... You know, Bray Wyatt's fine, but they're not going to make a new star to Wyatt by having Wyatt beat him for the belt. Or a Braun Strowman. Right. Fuck cares. It's got to be someone new, in my opinion. <laughs> got to start making new stars. Heel Roman's great. Mm. You know, AJ, maybe, but I'm feeling not even Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan, maybe. But I feel like there's so many 
up and coming guys on SmackDown specifically. Right. Between a Big E, between a Riddle, where I feel like it would be stupid to not go with either one of them mm -hmm. as the next Universal Champion. So we got Big E, we got Daniel Bryan, we got Braun Strowman, we got The Fiend, we got Matt Riddle, but you're saying when it's all said and done, by the time, uh, you know, Rumble, again, we're just fantasy booking this. So who wins the Royal Rumble? Is it, it, it would it be a guy from Raw? Would it be a guy from SmackDown? Like who is who is the the main top two three guys you you feel like should be in contention to win the Rumble and go against Drew or or Roman at, at WrestleMania if they both had the belts by that time? The top two names that come to mind that have come to mind in recent weeks, and I know I'm not the only one who feels this way: mm -hmm. Biggie and Keith Lee. Maybe there's someone I'm not thinking of. Maybe someone gets hot between now and then. Um, for the men's rumble, it's got to be one of those two. For the women, I think Sasha's an easy pick. Yeah. Um, you know, again, someone could get really popular between now and then. Maybe someone comes back, or maybe I mean Becky obviously won't be back, but Goldberg. Um, <laughs> Goldberg, Jesus Christ! You said come back, you know Goldberg, you know. Hey, yeah, you know what? He's never won a rumble, so it's entirely possible. I didn't think he would be Bray Wyatt for the championship. Had you told me that when he first won it, I would have called you crazy. We got it. Stranger things have happened. It's been a wild year. Um, but yeah, so for the men's, I got Big E or Keith Lee. I feel like again, unless they completely shit the bed, and not them specifically, the company shits the bed with them because. That's also possible. They're being pushed now. They may not be pushed a month or two from now. Vince may lose interest, and I hope he doesn't because they're both great. If it came down to those two and one of those guys won, no one would complain. I feel like either guy would be perfect to have win the Rumble this year. A lot like McIntyre, a fresh face, one of the first fresh faces to win a Rumble in a long time, aside from Nakamura, and that was a great moment, but he ended up losing, and that was it. Right. Um, that was kind of a moment and really nothing more. That was like the peak of his popularity. Drew McIntyre's dominated this year. They made a new star with that McIntyre Rumble win. They can make another new star with a Keith Lee or a Big E Rumble win, in my opinion. Um, I want to get to this point. So we seen Bailey turn on Sasha last Friday. I know we always have this conversation about when are they going to pull the trigger? Mm -hmm. Let's see Bailey and Sasha one on one. We know we knew it was coming. Um, just a matter of when and are they really going to wait till March to do it at WrestleMania? We got Clash coming up. There's Rumble, Survivor Series. Um, I think Sasha's going to be out for uh, a little a little while with the, with the injuries, quote-unquote injuries. Um, again, shocked that they pulled the trigger now, a week after they lost the tag titles. And do you think that are we still on the path to a WrestleMania with Sasha and Bailey? Because we're in, we're in September right now, but like you know, the patience level for fans and the company is, is is not there. So I know we spoke about it last week, but that was prior to the heel turn. I mean, to to, to the turn on Bailey on Sasha. Where do you think they go? How quick do you think they do it, or do you think they remain that path to an actual WrestleMania match? So after what went down on SmackDown last week. Literally, the first thing that came to my mind was our conversation. I don't know if it was last week. I feel like it was two weeks ago or whatever from after we reviewed SummerSlam, I think. I don't remember when it was. Mm -hmm. But we mentioned that um, I, I said specifically, and I, I know for I know I, I say these things, but I do change my mind. I'm well aware of that, and I change my mind. I, I've, I've changed my mind since we last spoke. Yeah. So the last time we spoke, I said to drag it out till WrestleMania, you can't. You can't. Really? Come on. That's, 
No, no, no. Wait, 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 wait. I said it. I said last time you can't drag it out to WrestleMania okay. because there's six months to go. Mm-hmm. I don't want to see any more tag team bullshit. How much more can you tease tension? What are they going to turn on each other in January? I don't want to see it. They got to do it before the end of the year. I'm pretty sure that's what I said. And I may have said maybe they could do a match now. I, th- I I think I said this. I don't remember exactly. I've said it to a lot of people, but maybe they could do a match at like Survivor Series or Hell in the Cell or the Rumble. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I did say it to you. How like, um, what, what was I gonna say? Fucking Bretton Owen, for example, yeah. had a match. Oh no, no, I'm sorry, not Bretton Owen. Um, Steve, Steve Austin, Stone Cold, and Bret Hart had a match at Survivor Series. Yeah. Before having a match at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Granted, that wasn't for a championship, but they continued the feud that long where they were able to do it again at WrestleMania. Exactly. Now, so my thoughts have changed where I'm actually now in favor, where I feel like if they do this right, and this is WWE, and literally everything I'm saying right now, you could just skip right over if Sasha Banks comes back on SmackDown tonight and challenges Bailey at Clash of Champions. Because you know that's a real fucking possibility. Bailey wins or Sasha wins there. A fucking five-year story blown off in a week or two. I could absolutely see that happening. Mm. Assuming they do the right thing, is that attack was brutal. Yeah. It was a pretty brutal attack. You don't do an injury angle like that unless she's going to be gone for a little while. After seeing that, and I didn't think they would do that, but they did. I think they can drag it out. She should be gone for the rest of the month. She should be gone for October. Could they have a match at Hell in the Cell? And that could be like their Survivor Series? Yeah, but I don't want their first match to be inside Hell in the Cell. That's the problem. And I feel like they would if they had a match there. Survivor Series, again, we've already had this discussion. Mm -hmm. I don't think they would do that because of brand warfare and that whole bullshit. Unless they don't do it this year, which, hey, listen, fine by me. There's no stakes anyway. Who cares? Um. If they do, which I'm assuming they will for the last four or five years they have, then you can't do it there. The Rumble. You had Becky and Asuka at the Rumble two years ago, or last year, whatever. Mm-hmm. Becky lost before going on to win the Rumble later on that night. Could you do the same thing with Sasha and Bailey, where you have their first match in January? You're not keeping her off TV till you know until January to return in the Rumble and win it, which would be awesome. Mm-hmm. Maybe some people would feel that was too predictable by that point. Maybe people would hate that idea. I don't know. We're talking in September. I don't know. Um, but it's also possible she comes back in November, December. You build to a match in January at the Rumble, or maybe a TLC, prob- preferably the Rumble. Bailey wins, and then Sasha gets her big win at WrestleMania. Sasha Banks has never won at WrestleMania, ever. She's That's like 0-5, oh, I think. That's crazy. sure. Lost the 32-33, yeah, 32-33, 34, 35, and 36. That's terrible. For for a woman of her caliber, that's terrible. Right. So, yeah, I, I think there's a chance they drag it out. Do I think they will? Very skeptical, given who we're talking about here, the company. Mm-hmm. Um, but th- there's the potential is there. After what we saw last week, I could absolutely see a scenario where we don't see Sasha for an- the next couple of months, and she comes back in time for the Rumble or right before the Rumble. They either have a match or Sasha just wins the Rumble, and then we're off to the races heading into WrestleMania. I think for how long, how much time they've inserted into this feud since yeah. NXT, it should happen at WrestleMania. But there's no guarantees that it will. I feel like every, literally almost every fucking Sasha Banks WrestleMania match has had <laughs> Bailey in it anyway. Like they had a four way at 33. 
34, they were in the Battle Royal together. 35, they were in Tag Team Champions together. Fucking this year, they were in the Fatal 5-Way together. They've already had literally four WrestleMania matches, but never one-on-one. -on -one. That's insane to me. So right. that's got to stop at 37. We get Banks-Bailey, Banks wins, and we can finally move on from this stuff. I mean, like, to your point, you know, Banks, Banks should be out for a little bit because oh, of the, the neck injury and the the ankle injury. I mean, listen, we saw Ray Mysterio come back with one eye. So, uh, listen, you, you just never know. Exactly. <laughs> but they're so inconsistent. Who knows? <laughs> if 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 uh, if Ray can come back um, to to the arena in like two weeks after losing one eye, then we can get Sasha come back with a, 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 a fucking broken neck, right? Exactly. She'll be walking out of the neck brace. <laughs> Bailey can beat the shit out of her again. I, I anticipate that happening any any week now. Um, real quick, so we have a new NXT champion, Finn Balor. I know you recently interviewed him for Bleacher Report, DDT. Um, I haven't seen it yet. I'm not sure if you put it out yet, but I know when you do, I'll check it out. Uh, just kind of go over how that conversation was and talk about how um, he's now a two-time NXT champion and kind of, I wouldn't say surprised about that because I don't think they would, they would go back to Cole after him being the champion for a whole year, but just seeing Balor once again, uh, once again champion, what do you think? It's cool. Um, I don't know, again, when we last talked about, like, I think they already announced the Iron Man match when we talked last. I don't remember. Mm -hmm. My pick was Ciampa, just because he never actually lost it. And I thought Balor would be good in chase mode. Um, they didn't go with Ciampa. I mean, Tuesday's match was predictable. You had to know Balor was winning. That was pretty obvious. Uh, the four-way, I thought Ciampa could have very easily won. The, the Iron Man match the week before. Just because he just came back. He's a heel now, apparently. You could put the belt back on him. But it's nice to give Balor his moment. I'm a big Balor fan. You're right. I did talk to him. The interview just went up like like a, a half an hour ago. It was right before we started this, which is why I was delayed because I had to do that shit. But um, the audio is available as well. You can check out the audio in the first slide of the article on Bleach Report. It's on my YouTube channel as well. It's only about like a 12-minute conversation, but he's really, really nice. We had a chance to talk about him becoming a two-time NXT champion, um, diversity and inclusion, which was a big part of his WrestleMania 34 entrance a couple of years ago. Right. We talked about... Oh, um, a number of people who we would want to see in NXT. Spoiler alert, he said Randy Orton. He thought he would be a great fit in NXT, which was interesting. Wow. Um, talked about the Demon. We talked about the Walter match not happening earlier this year. Um, talked about a lot of stuff. He was really, really cool. And, uh, yeah, people could check out that conversation right now. But, yeah, I'm happy that he's champion again. I'm looking forward to seeing where it goes. Balor's had a great last year in NXT. Um, I'm, I'm not exactly sure of the usage of this word. I'm not sure if I'm using this word correctly. But he's had a major glow up, let's say, in the last year from where he was on Raw and SmackDown now to NXT. Um, great matches. Now the champion again. And uh, it's going to be fun to see what else he can do. He's already faced a lot of the people in NXT. That's my only issue with it. He's already faced Ciampa, Balor, and Cole multiple times. Mm -hmm. um, maybe I could see him feuding with Ciampa. But other than that, like he's already faced Timothy Thatcher, Damian Priest, Cameron Grimes. There's not a lot of people left. So at a, at a certain point, he's not going to be champion for long. Let's put it that way. I, maybe he could be champion until Karrion Cross comes back. Mm -hmm. Maybe. Um, but I'll, I'm willing to enjoy it while it lasts. He's awesome. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing where they go with it from here. Um, I think you mentioned a great point. The fact that, you know, when, when Balor says, you know, Randy Orton could be dope in, in, in uh, NXT. I think recently I read that they got this draft coming up and that everybody's involved. So you might see you 
for example, Randy Orton get drafted to NXT, and he's he, as opposed to this uh, Raw SmackDown, NXT is going to be involved. I don't know when. I think sometime in October that'll happen. So, I mean, like, okay, let's say you put Orton to the side. Who are some guys you feel like? could do well going back to NXT or people who never been in NXT could do well going there? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I don't have the roster in front of me, but some people that I think that could benefit from it, um, a guy like a Bobby Roode who hasn't done really a lot on the main roster at all. Um, oh, yeah. He's currently stuck in Canada, but he was great in NXT. Mm-hmm. To get a Bobby Roode back in NXT I think would be very cool. Um, he hasn't been there in three years, so... He should probably move there. You can uh, you can move Mercedes Martinez off of NXT. She just kind of wrapped up her run there. Rhea Ripley, I would say, but it seems like she's facing Io Shirai again at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, Undisputed Era, obviously, at some point, got to move on with them. Gargano, Ciampa, you can maybe move that. I don't see them really. I don't really see that happening. Um, Kevin Owens, I think, would be a great fit. Another guy that was in NXT way too quickly. Mm-hmm. He was only there for a couple of months. Had a great run. Um, he expressed interest in wanting to go back there last year. He had that quick takeover match at War Games in right. the main event, won it. Um, I think it'd be awesome to see him back in NXT. It's not like the main roster has a hell of a lot of plans for him right now. He's right. kind of in the same Balor category where he's won his fair share of like universal mid-card titles. They don't have a lot of plans for him on his own right now. Right. Um, so I would move him back to NXT maybe. Um, Balor was a great choice. I've heard people say Oscar before. Obviously, right now that would be silly because she's a top star on Raw. Um, I'd have to think about it again. I'd have to look at the rosters again. My answers like a year ago are different than they would be now because like Balor's there now. Oscar's finally getting pushed. Um, man, I don't really know. Maybe Keith Lee just to give him his old theme song back, and maybe if that if, <laughs> if that's what it takes, bring him back to NXT. Right. But in all seriousness, I'm not really sure. Um. Yeah, I'm not really sure. I'll, I'll look at the roster, but yeah, those are those are some names that come to mind. Randy Orton, I absolutely don't see whatsoever. I think that'd be cool. But the guy's also been the top heel on Raw, and not that he would even want to go to NXT. Um, from a storyline standpoint, it would be cool. I talked about the whole Legend Killer thing a while ago. The, the, I'm sorry, the Rookie Killer, yeah. uh, the NXT Rookie Killer, and he could do something like that where he goes to NXT and just starts knocking off rookies. That would be pretty cool. But don't anticipate that happening. Um, my last point before I let you go. Um, so it seems like NXT does well on Tuesdays. Uh, AEW does well on Wednesdays, but it's not opposed by NXT. So, um, I think this past Wednesday, AEW went over the a million mark, uh, for the first time in a long time. And NXT did pretty well over, uh, let me see, 880 some thousand, which is great. So my thing is for the last year it's been promoted as a war you know so AEW NXT every Wednesday night is it's, it's the new war but it seems like they're they're scrapping for the same amount of fans yep. per week so my thing is do you think now because it'll be officially a year come October that AEW Dynamite has been around and the whole war has been started do you feel like they will continue having both shows on the Wednesday nights or do you feel like one of those shows is going to move to a different day. So do you feel like NXT should go to Tuesday, AEW stay on Wednesday, and kind of build their audience on separate nights? AEW ain't moving. There's no chance of that. I think they were actually... AEW did not ask for this. It was all WWE. Mm -hmm. WWE, their main 
purpose and putting NXT on Wednesdays to go head to head with AEW was to put them out of business, was to squash their show, have NXT win. Didn't exactly work out that way. It's actually been pretty embarrassing for NXT. Although I enjoy both products, Dynamite usually is better. Um, I haven't really been fond of AEW the last week or two, just with all out, I just thought was abysmal. Um, and Dynamite last week kind of sucked. This week it was decent. But anyway, um, AEW is a lot more to, or NXT rather, is a lot more to lose from going to war with AEW. And you're right. They're battling for the same fans. They're not gaining new followers here. They're not gaining new viewers. It's all the same fucking people who are tuning in between the two shows. Back in the Monday Night Wars originally, they were gaining they were, you know, building upon their fan base. They weren't fight yeah, they were fighting for the same people, but they were also bringing in new fans as well. I don't know if that's going to change. I don't know if they would bring in new fans. I don't think NXT is going to hit a million consistently ever, I don't think. Dynamite might continue to grow cuz it's a newer promotion. Mm. NXT, I think, will always be <clears throat> at best in that 800, maybe 900,000 range. Right. But it's only hurting them going to Wednesdays, going to war with Dynamite. First of all, as a fan, yeah, it's, it's created a lot of great content for both shows, going to war, that sense of competition. <clears throat> but I just fucking hate having to stay up till midnight to watch both shows. And I don't watch them at the same time. I like to watch one show, then the next. Mm. I, I just don't like that. I would rather have NXT on Tuesdays. And Dynamite, again, it was originally supposed to go to Tuesdays. They had, I think, tried to copyright Tuesday Night Dynamite until they were on TNT and they realized, shit, we can't go to Tuesdays with basketball and stuff like that or Thursdays. That would be awesome. But they went to Wednesdays. That was their only option. And then WWE was like, oh, we're going live on USA. That's great. But go live on USA on a different night. I know you were there first, but they're just getting higher ratings. You can't compete with it. You've beaten it maybe four or five times in the span of, what, 52 weeks? That's terrible. Not really a war. Um, So NXT should go to Tuesdays. I think they will go to Tuesdays. I don't know if WWE wants them to go to Tuesdays, but I think the networks, they talk. They have the higher influence. They have more influence than WWE themselves do over their own fucking product. Mm -hmm. Good ways and in bad. But I think in this way, it's going to be good when they say, listen, the show is only better off on its own. We're not going to put AEW out of business. We're not. We already signed a multi-year deal. They're not fucking going anywhere. You're only hurting NXT by doing that. So, yes, the shows were great this week, and they weren't head-to-head, which gives me faith that just because the shows aren't head-to-head, that they're still going to be good. It's not like, oh, they have to be head-to-head in order to be good, and NXT just going to slouch off and be a shitty show or Dynamite as well. They'll both be good on their own. Let's put NXT on Tuesdays or Thursdays, probably Tuesday. I would prefer Thursdays, but um, Tuesdays is fine too. Just because you know NXT are at, right after a Raw and then a pay per view, that just a lot. Yeah. Um, but either way, I think Dynamite stays on Wednesdays, and NXT is definitely moving off Wednesdays to either Tuesdays or Thursdays. I would say in the next couple months. That's my prediction. And I think the draft, whenever it is, let's say NXT goes to Tuesdays, right? I think the draft is going to be key because they, they might bring the Kevin Owens and some other guys on onto that onto that show to try to get to 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 not to the nine hundred thousand a million mark. So, um, I mean, they tried. They tried to compete with AEW. I think AEW has been winning the the war for the the past year. Um, not saying it's a better show. I'm just saying that's how Nitro and Raw was back in the day where Nitro had the higher ratings, but maybe Raw was the better show. Um, and we're seeing that now. So um, for me, I think it's better to have it on separate nights. You know, if, if, if you were bringing in five million each show, then all right, then we got a fucking war. If not, just do it Tuesday, do it Wednesday. 
give every fan just uh, an equal opportunity to catch up on the show as opposed to flip flopping the fucking remote or you like you stay to twelve o'clock at night to watch both shows and you cover it for different sites. So um remains to be seen. I'm interested in that whole draft to see who goes where. Uh because after the seeing the same people in the same show for a year, it's like all right, we gotta change shit up around here. So um I like the direction. We'll see what happens. I like Balor being the new NXT champion. Um, anything else I'm really, really missing from Raw, SmackDown, or anything like that during, or even AEW during the week? I mean, Miro debuted. Forgot to mention okay, that. Right, 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 right. Okay, well, real quick, that point. Um, so you're getting a handful of guys from the other company comes. I saw your tweet. <laughs> and it's like, you kind of know the norm. They go there, they do a promo, they talk shit about, you know, their former employer. And, and then it's like, oh, look at that. Look, it's a bombshell. And it's like, that's what Jericho did. That's what Ambrose did. That's what Cody Rhodes did. That's what Rusev did. That's what FTR did. Who else, who else am I fucking missing? They got like 19, 20 guys from the other. Luke Harper. Luke Harper did it multiple times. Um, so I'm like, you know, they shouldn't be doing that. They should be focused on on their, their new company. I know, I know how it is. You go from an old job and you just want to like just talk shit about them. I get it. But that shouldn't be the first thing you say right out the gate. Like nobody even even says uh, like a praise or a thank you. Listen, man, I, I had a good time over there, but it's a new me, new time. Of course, then I then I go into a lot of because they want to get the ratings and have buzz online. I get it, but you know, seeing Rusev there, Miro uh, should be cool, interesting. I don't know how you would uh, grade the debut and how it debuted there after all this time, but I guess they they. They got to work on how they, they debut these guys, you know? Some of them are good. I thought it was a good debut. I was very surprised. Mm-hmm. Um, if you follow the AEW product closely, you'll know that Kip Sabian, while a good wrestler, he's a fucking mid-card comedy guy. Um, <laughs> he's nobody big. It's not like Rusev or Miro came out and challenged John Moxley for the championship. Not even saying that he should have. But, like... Not all the debuts are bad. Matt Hardy's debut in March, Brody Lee's debut were both great. Brian Cage debuted and went, became the number one contender on night one. I thought that was great. Um, Miro is like a Twitch streaming friend of Kip Sabian being involved in another wedding. It doesn't give me high hopes. I'm right. not going to say he's buried at all, obviously. I'm very happy he's there. He's mm-hmm. a great get for them. Um, he's very entertaining. He can go in the ring. He can be serious. He can do comedy. Reminds me of Kurt Angle in a lot of respects. He's not Kurt Angle, obviously, but in the fact that he could do a lot of different things, that's Rusev um, or Miro. I'm sorry. I got to get used to calling him Miro. I know, right? I totally agree with you, though. I fucking hate the whole, uh, oh, you know, uh, fuck WWE, like um, blah, blah, blah. I, I, of course, you didn't say that. And they do say positive stuff about them. FTR did a whole Talk is Jericho podcast talking about, I mean, they didn't want to be there anymore, but they were appreciative of their time there. Mm-hmm. Um, Miro, I mean, on the same thing on, on his Twitch stream and on Twitter, he talks about how appreciative he was of the time there. He's not all that bitter about it, which is cool. Right. And where is that on the show? And I fucking hate this argument that I've seen on Twitter. Oh, they do it because people react to it. That doesn't mean you should fucking do it. I mean, doing saying dropping the F-bomb on TV would get a reaction. Should you do that every episode? Just because it gets a reaction doesn't mean you should fucking do it. Right. I just, I feel like it's so tired. We see it in every promotion with every guy. Listen, 
AJ Styles has no love loss for TNA whatsoever. For the time that he spent there, he's appreciative. Right. He doesn't give a shit about Dixie Carter. He doesn't fucking care about Dixie Carter. Doesn't like Dixie Carter. Okay. Did AJ Styles come to WWE on night one, and he said, "Hey Dixie, this is for you. Fuck you. Like fuck TNA." Right. They didn't because it'd be fucking dumb. Who <laughs> cares, dude? I feel like WWE never does that. We don't see Matt Riddle coming from a Ring of Honor or a New Japan or wherever, and he's like, "Oh, I'm so glad I'm in the big leagues now, not like the losers." Uh, you know, fuck Ring of Honor. Like, I, we just don't see that. I know WWE. It's probably because those companies have a better work environment than WWE, and right. I completely agree that WWE missed the boat with Rusev. But that doesn't mean yes, yeah, they have every reason to complain about their old job. Everybody literally does that. Even if they tweeted about it, I don't think I would give a shit. That's his own Twitter. Whatever. But when you go to your new job, do you say, man, that place really sucked? I mean, I guess you could. It just makes you look like you're comparing your ex-girlfriend to your current girlfriend. I just I just don't like that, personally. I just think it's the whole comparing thing. And if someone came from somewhere else, went to WWE, it's the same exact thing. It's the exact same thing. So I'm not a fan of it. I'm very happy he's there, though. I think Rusev, Miro is great. I'm not sold in the whole Kip Sabian thing. That sounds like comedy tag team written all over it. Mm -hmm. They have enough tag teams where they just don't need another one. They don't need Rusev in the tag team division. If you're going to do that shit, bring an Aiden English and do Rusev Day all over again. Exactly. You don't, you don't need that shit, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but I, I'm willing. AEW usually does right by these people. Usually. So I'm willing to give it a chance and see where they go with it. But either way, it's a great get. He's awesome. I'm looking forward to seeing where he goes from here. Likewise, um, I think also real quick, they were talking about Brock Lesnar as a free agent. We'll see how that goes. And Cedric joined the Hurt Business, which I thought it was uh, pretty pretty cool. I agree. Yeah, that was cool. I'm a big Cedric fan. I, they teased it. I didn't think they would actually do it, but they did. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe the guy will flounder as a heel. Who knows? But it's it's something. The guy was literally doing nothing before. It's like Ricochet. I think Alexander is going to make a better heel than Ricochet. I don't know if Ricochet could work as a heel. Um, but Alexander's interesting. Both guys desperately need something to do, and mm -hmm. this is it. So I'm all for it, and I'm looking forward to seeing what they do. The Hurt Business is great. I got a chance to talk to Bobby Lashley about a week ago for Daily DDT. Nice. Um, he's awesome, and he talked a lot about the Hurt Business. So I'm looking forward to seeing them uh, growing their ranks. As long as they don't start adding in the Virgils of the world and the Scott Nortons and all this other shit, no, become no. NWO 2020 and add in all these random people, the janitor. Then I'm I'm content with it. So I think Alexander joining is a great move. So at the moment we're about two weeks away from Clash of Champions. Only two matches so far: Drew McIntyre, Randy Orton for the WWE Championship, and Roman Reigns, Jay Uso for the Universal Title. So I know more matches are coming. I know we'll, we'll get a chance to preview that. Um, I do want to get more on the ball with AEW stuff as, as it goes as it goes along as well. But um. Always appreciate you coming on, bro. You can follow Graham at WrestleRant. You see right under his uh, his name on the video. If you're a fan of video shows, you can find the podcast on the Cruise Control Podcast Network on YouTube. Subscribe, download, all that good stuff. Um, if you're a big su uh, supporter of the show, we got tees on ProWrestlingTees.com slash Cruise Control. You can follow me at Randy J. Cruz, R-E-N-D-Y, the letter J-C-R-U-Z. And follow the, the great work for Graham on Bleacher Report and Fan Sided DDT. Recent work is an uh, interview with Finn Balor, the new NXT champion. Go ahead, check it out. Graham, my man, thank you. Thank you, Randy. I'll talk to you next time.
All right, man. Take it easy. You too. Adios.